Exodus chapter 15. Here's a good subject. How to handle life's difficulties. How many feel that's relevant to you right now? I've only got two hands off. <laughs> and a couple of feet as well. Uh, Exodus 15, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And there they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast her into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute, ordinance for them, and there he he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I brought upon the Egyptians. It follows on what we've been looking at already. For I am the Lord that heals you. Isn't that wonderful? You know... uh, how many found out that being a Christian doesn't mean you're free from problems? How many found that out? How many found out your problems have, have increased? Isn't that right? Uh, just because we've become Christians, and, and we need to grasp that sometimes, that just because we've become Christians, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have any problems again. Let me just here get a picture of this story. They're in the desert, and the Bible says, for three days they were without water. How many think it's tough? Burning hot, wilderness, no water. Three days they had no water. I want you to see what I believe are often difficulties, what often reason why often God allows difficulties. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it's actually in the difficulties, in the challenges, that our faith grows. Have you found that? It's not often when things are going easy and great for us that our faith develops. Actually, our faith develops in the challenge. That's how your faith is strengthened. That's how, you, that's how we build up a, a spirit of tenacity. That's how we build up an overcoming spirit. That's one of the most important things that God wants to impart in us, is an overcoming spirit. A spirit of tenacity. But how many realise you you can't be an overcomer until you've had something to overcome. Is that right? You can't be more than a conqueror until you've had something to conquer. And so part of the difficulties that often God will allow to touch our lives, the end result is for us to come to a point where faith would be developed. The Bible says they came to the waters. They came to the waters and they found they couldn't drink it because the water was bitter. Let's just get a hold of this. How many found in life's experiences it's both bitter and sweet? How many found that in life? You do, it's true. Some experiences are amazing, some are bitter. And in the midst of life, we have both experiences are both sweet and bitter. You think about it. These people have just experienced one of the greatest miracles of all. They'd gone through the Red Sea. Water parted. 
All the Egyptians, remember, were drowned. This incredible, they witnessed this awesome, amazing miracle. But right after the miracle comes a testing experience. How many have found that at times? That you have an amazing experience with God. God blesses you in some way and you have an incredible encounter, great experience with God. And suddenly, before you know where you are, it's followed by some setback, some unexpected disappointment. Can you imagine how these people must have felt? Three days without water, then they find water, yes, hallelujah, water, and they go to drink it and they find the water is bitter. What's that? That's kind of a real sense of disappointment. You ever had that? That real sense of disappointment. Something that you thought was going to really work great for your life. And you had such an expectancy and a dream. Something happened. And suddenly what seemed to be something so sweet, so amazing, suddenly turned into something bitter and you became disappointed that it never really turned out and really came away the way that you kind of had expected it to happen. And so it's left this, this, this it's kind of a bitter experience. Part of going through the experiences in life, the reason often that God allows it is so that's where we grow. That's where we develop. That's where we, we, we go forth in our Christian life. Can you imagine, how many would think that, that if Mount Everest was flat? How many would people, you think people go, yeah, I must go to Mount Everest. The reason why people go to Everest and they pay thousands of pounds there and they, do, they go through all kinds of training is because it's this incredible high mountain that brings challenge. But if it was flat, there'd be no challenge to it. And often that's why God allows us to go through difficult experiences because through the challenge, we begin to grow, we begin to develop. Because without the challenge, without the difficulties, often faith has no point to it. Faith is there to to strengthen us and develop us through those times. And the Bible says that, that, that God tested them, or he gave them opportunity to grow. And I think that God often will bring us to a point where those circumstances either allow us to grow and we develop and we go forward, or they can cause it to harden our hearts and our hearts can become bitter in the midst of that. But God wants us to grow and go forward. Because God's got some amazing things for you. Can you say amen? Great and awesome things he's got plenty. It's rather like this. That's why I'll describe it. If you were a father and you want to give your, your son a Harley. You know, a Harley. You know what? You are not going to give him a Harley when he's six years of age. Is that right? Because you know if he has that Harley, he's going to blow the thing. Who knows what he's going to do with it? He's got to grow. He's got to mature. He's got to develop to, have, to come into a place of responsibility so he's able to handle his Harley that you are going to buy him. And that's the same with the Christian life. God's got some amazing things for us. He wants to release his power and do amazing things for our lives, but often we have got to grow. We've got to be mature. We've got to develop in our lives so he's able to pour the things into us he wants to pour in. 
I always remember years ago, a guy called Ross Patterson, I can still remember his name now. And he had this ministry in China. And I'm going back now 20, about 20 25 years, and he was sharing. The, um, even at that point, the amazing miracles that were happening in China. And I'll never forget him saying, he says, you know why we don't see the same kind of miracles in the Western church compared to what they're seeing in China? It's because God can trust the Chinese believers with miracles. They're mature enough, they're humble enough, if you like, to be trusted with God's power. I mean, with that's an amazing revelation right there. So God wants to grow, and through the difficulties, God can begin to trust us and, and, and release more of himself in our lives. And so these difficulties were opportunities to grow, because there's what happened. They revealed what was in the heart of the people. I want to see something. One of the great hindrances to our growth and our development in God sometimes are things in our hearts. You know, every one of us has things in our hearts that we don't even know are there. You know that? We have blind spots, things that we cannot see, things that we're not even aware of. And what happens often in a difficulty, in a challenge, what's really in our heart begins to come to the surface. What was in the heart of these people? The Bible says when they came to the waters that were bitter, they complained. They moaned. They allow what was in their hearts, what was there all the time, suddenly began to manifest itself. You see, these people, they'd been slaves right in Egypt. And they still had a slave mentality. Or let's put it another way. They had a victim mentality. They still had this victim mentality. You know what a victim kind of mentality is? A victim Mentality is where we say, I'm powerless, life's not fair, and somebody else is to blame. And so they complained against Moses, they complained against God. I wonder right now, when you face difficult, challenging situations, what comes out of your mouth? Often what comes out of our mouth is a revelation of what's in our hearts. It just didn't suddenly come there. But the complaining, the criticising, if you like, was already in their hearts. I found that. If you listen to what comes out of people's mouths, you begin to discover what's really in their hearts. The negativity, the fears, the doubts, the complaining. It's a revelation. What's in the mouth? Out of the mouth, what? Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. It's revealing. It shows what's really there in their hearts. That kind of bitterness of being defeated, being hurt, injustice of some kind, a problem that has never been resolved comes right to the surface in the midst of a challenge, in the midst of a difficulty. What's in the heart begins to rise up from there. 
So when they came to face that challenge, the bitterness was inside their heart began to rise up. The, 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 if you like, all the stuff that was there, the, the, the slavery attitude, the slavery spirit, the, all that stuff began to sort of flow out from them. It begins to flow out of them. All the negativity just begins to flow out of them. Now, God wants us to be free from that. How many realize it? And sometimes we only get free from it when for the first time we recognize it. You know what? I didn't know the attitude was in my heart. I didn't know that issue was there. I didn't know that negativity was there. I didn't know that complaining spirit was there. I was not aware of it until that challenge came up. And here's the wonderful thing. When you become aware of it, you can deal with it. Is that right? You can actually resolve that thing once you recognize it's there. You know the amazing thing is? Probably other people see it, but you don't. And it's only in that situation it rises up and you recognize it. And when you recognize it, you can release it. And when you release it, God heals it and deals with it. Can you say amen? And notice what happened here. Here's the problem. Remember I said they had this amazing blessing, this amazing deliverance, this amazing work of God in their life. Within three days, you imagine, you're walking through this, the seas parted, okay? Think about it. The seas parted, I'm walking through the sea, the seas parted, all the enemies being drowned and defeated. You know, God separated the sea, I get across the other side, it's amazing, it's awesome. And I'm not talking about six years later, I'm talking about three days later, God, where are you? Where's your power? After three days, what's happened? They've forgotten the power and the awesomeness of God. Is it easy to forget the things God does for us? The blessings, the deliverances. I wonder right now where, where you would be if God had not somehow worked in your life. I wonder your situation, I wonder how different where your life would be had God not intervened and would. And we tend to forget what God has done. When David used to face challenges in his life, and how many know he had a lot of challenges? <laughs> Literally, his whole life was a life of crisis and, and, and challenges and difficulties. But every time he faced a difficulty and problem, he remembered what the Lord had done for him. He remembered how God delivered him from the bear, from the lion. and He reminded himself how God had caused him to win a victory over Goliath. And, and all the challenges that God had brought him through were a point of remembrance of what God had done for him. And when he remembered what God had done in the past, it strengthened him and realized how God could do it again in the present. Can you say amen? Let me show you a psalm. I love this psalm. I was seeing someone the other day and I thought, how oh, awesome, what a great idea. He had a prophecy box. And in that prophecy box, he wrote down all the things, all, all the words that God gave him to him over the years. Some going back 15, 20, 30 years. And whenever he was going through a, a challenge, a difficulty, and wondering what was happening in his life, he just read the prophecies, reminded himself of the prophecies and the words that God had given to him. And he said, how that encouraged and strengthened them. I thought, what an amazing idea. We ought to do that, haven't we? Remind yourself, write down 
some of those words and some of those events, those miracle working changes in your life, it just strengthens and builds you. Look at this psalmist, Psalm 77. And I said, this is my anguish. How many would think he's in a problem right now? A anguish is not a good moment in your life. He says, this is my anguish. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Should I remember your works of old? I will meditate on all your works and talk of all your deeds. Isn't that awesome? You think about it. How can you have a test on money unless you had a test? Every time you have a test and you come through that test, what do you have? You have a test on money. Now, I like the kind of money part, but I'm not quite sure about the test part. But the point is that every difficult situation that we face is meant to be a testimony of what God can do in your life. A testimony of what God can do. And he says, I will remember the Lord. I will remember what God has done. Now, ladies, you're going to like this one. You know, I studied the root word, remember. I studied the root word. And the root word for remember, okay, the root Hebrew word for the word remember, is the word male. Amazing. Now, you think to yourself, well, you know when you have word association, when you think of a man, how many think of remembrance? You know, when you think of a man, you, think, you know, we have word association, probably you wouldn't think, when you think of man, do you think of the word, do ladies, do you, remember, do you think of the word remembrance? Does that kind of connect together a little bit? No? I mean, if I was to say to Angie, think of me, associate remembrance with me, she'd probably fall on the floor laughing, you know what I mean? It'd be, how can I associate remembering with, with, with a man sort of thing? But here's what that, what it kind of, the thought it gives, and I love this, it says, the man carries the seed of reproduction. And when we remember what God has done, it's though we, he takes the seed of a particular miracle and deposits in another miracle environment, in another situation. You see the picture there? That when I see a work of God in my life, it puts a seed in me. I'm able to take that miracle, if you like, that seed of a miracle in me, and I'm able to release that into another environment in another time. It's kind of similar to what Tim did right now. As he shared that testimony, a seed was sown into another environment, into your life, if you like. And so faith rose in you. And that's what's meant to happen. We remember what the Lord has done, and then when we're in a difficult situation, in another environment, we release what God has done in the past to be able to deal with what's in the present. Isn't that awesome? I love that. And God says, remember. Remember what it was. Every time you remember what God has done, it gives you access to God himself. It's almost an invitation to encounter him. Because that revelation transforms the way we think and it causes us to walk by faith. It just reveals something of who God is and what God has done. And it changes the way we think over a situation. For example... Let's get back to Tim. I had a bad shoulder, for example. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if I had a bad shoulder. He shares that testimony. That causes faith to rise up in me. I respond to that. 
And I also receive that same miracle because that now invades my territory. That invades my life. That transforms my situation. And I think God wants that to happen in every area of our life. You know, I just thought it's a really interesting story. Came back to David. And it says that when he was facing his son, when that rose up against him, he needed weapons. And he went into the temple and he was given the sword of Goliath. Isn't that amazing? The very thing that was meant to defeat him, he now uses it to defeat his enemy. I think that's so powerful because I think in our lives that every time you've gone through a, a battle, every time you've faced a weakness and you've overcome it, every time you've faced a challenge and you've overcome that, that now is a sword in your hand. And then you can face that same difficulty and you can cut that sword because you've gone through it, you've overcome it, you've got the faith to deal with it, and now that, what was a weakness in your life, is now a weapon. How many love, you know, you think of the Teen Challenge guys. You ever go to Teen Challenge? I remember when we were in Wales, we had guys from Victory Outreach who'd gone through all kinds of drug background, drug situations, and you hear the, the kind of stories they went through, how their lives were destroyed and ruined by drugs and the destruction it brought to their life. After, after a couple of years, they get healed, they get whole, God touches them, God restores them. What was a weakness? Now they take that same weakness and they begin to minister back to drug addicts. They take the very weapon, what the enemy was going to kill them with, they get restored, they get made healed, they get hold, and they take that sword and now they begin to cut down where the enemy is working in other people's lives. Amen. And that's true for every single thing in our life where we've overcome a weakness, where we've come overcome in a challenge, that now is a weapon that you have to face that for somebody else and help them overcome in their situation. Let me just give a, a, a prophecy I thought was so amazing. He says, I will remove, this is what the Lord said to someone, he says, I will, I will not remove the scars from your life. Instead, I will arrange them in such a way that they will have the appearance of a carving of a fine piece of crystal. Isn't that awesome? He says, that thing that scarred your life, I'm not actually going to take the scar away, but I'm going to so work in your life that what was a scar, what was a wound, I'm now going to make it something into crystal. In other words, I'm going to take your ashes and make them into something beautiful. Isn't that what it says in Isaiah? Beauty for ashes. God takes the ashes of our life, the things that hurt us, the things that try to destroy us, the things that try to ruin us. And he takes those ashes and he transforms and works in them. And so they become something of beauty, something that God can use to touch and impact others. Can you say amen? Beauty for ashes. How many love your photo albums? Lydia's just received her, her graduation picture. That's a kind of cool photograph because it kind of reminds her of her attainment over those years, what she achieved. And, and that, was a, that will be a memory there that's right there. You know, so easy to forget things. Ever read the photo and you think, oh, you know, when you look at a photograph and you think, I can't believe, I, did I really look like that? Was I really that good looking? You know, I mean, you look at these photographs and, wow, that's amazing. And, 
And then when you think of that photograph, you know what you think about? I, I remember what, what happened at that moment. You think of other things that happened and what the day was like and what else happened in that day. And it kind of triggers up all kinds of other memories. And that's what it's meant to be with God. We remember the awesome things he's done. And it, it triggers off other things. What he can do again. This is what it says. It says at the end of that verse, it says, it says, it says, what did it say? It says, I will meditate on all your deeds. I will meditate. I will think on. I will just remind myself. I will allow my mind and the affections of my heart to focus on what God does. See, what your mind thinks on, what your affections go after, is ultimately what's going to be stronger in your life. So if all I'm thinking about is my problems, if all I'm thinking about is how big the situation is, how big the challenge is, if all I'm thinking about is my failure and, and my past, and, that, and I meditate and think on that, that's what gains power in me. But if I would allow my mind to focus on the greatness of God, his works, his awesomeness, his power, his splendor, his might, focus on what he's done in my life in the past, and I meditate, I think on that, I allow my mind and the affections of my heart to be grabbed by that, it's going to cause faith to rise and say, Amen. What I meditate on, what I think on, what I set my heart on, what I set my affections on, ultimately is, is, is what is going to control and rule in my life. That's why he said, in my pain, in my hurt, in my affliction, I'm not going to focus on that. Instead, I'm going to remember the great and mighty things, what the Lord has done. Can you say amen? Okay, very quickly. How many realize that God knew exactly what was happening in their life? What was going to happen? God had planned the journey. And here's the point. Because he had planned the journey, he'd already made a solution for the problem. He'd already provided for it. He'd already made allowances for it. And I can tell you, whatever problem you're facing, God is aware of your problem. He's aware of what you're walking through. And here's the amazing thing. He's already provided a solution for you. When you realise it, see, if you don't realise that, if you don't recognise that, if you're not aware of that, that when the challenge comes, when the difficulty comes, you're going to complain and respond in a negative way to that problem. But when you know that, that God has provided a solution for that, and you know that he's able to do more exceedingly and abundantly, and you know he's able to sow all your needs according to his riches in glory, you know he is going to turn that situation around for your good. God only responded, the Bible says, when they cried out. They cried out to God. They prayed over it. They responded with the word of God to it. When Moses applied the word of God, when he responded in a, in a right way to it, God gave him the solution because he cried out to it. How many realise that moaning and groaning isn't going to change your situation? Is that right? Is it still going to be the same tomorrow? It's not going to change. Is that right? It's not a solution. But Moses cried out to God for the solution. In other words, he says, God, I know that you've got a plan. I know you've got a solution for what I'm facing right now. And I know as I cry out to you, I know as I seek your face, I know that you are going to bring a solution to it. It was like when Jesus was 
The Bible says he constrained the disciples to get into that boat. You know what the word constrain means? It means literally to push them in there. Why did they not want to go into that boat? You know why? Because they were fishermen and they knew there was about to be a storm to come. It's rather like our dog. How many of you got dogs? And, you, and, they, and they want to stop at a certain place. And, and our dog kind of puts a paw up over, this, over the lead. And, and you're dragging her. She won't go. She's, and we have to constrain her and drag her to where we want her to go. And this is a picture of Jesus. He literally dragged them into the boat. Because they knew a storm was about to come. And lo and behold, when they were in that boat, a storm came. And they panicked. They got full of fear. They got full of apprehension. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. Why was that? Because Jesus has said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say there wouldn't be a problem. He didn't say there wouldn't be a storm. He didn't say things wouldn't rise up against them. All he said is, we're going to the other side. And that's true of us. God has promised you things. God has put words over your life. God has given you a destiny. God has given you a promise. God has given you a dream. God has given you a word. And it's going to take place whatever, if you believe it and accept it and go with it. No matter what storm comes, it's going to happen. Because what he has said, he will do. Now, here they are in this really challenging situation. And God began to speak to them. God, God spoke to them right in the midst of their trouble. You know, I found about challenges and difficulties, they are amazing opportunities for God to speak. I found that time and time again. God will speak to you about things. I found in my own life, God showed me something about my life. God revealed things to me. God challenged me about a hard attitude. He challenged me about something, but he spoke to me in the midst of a hard, difficult situation. And you'll find that if you open your heart to those moments, God will speak to you in ways he could never previously do. You know why? Because he's got your attention now. He's got your ear. He's got your heart. He's got your desperation, if you like. And out of that, God will speak. And he spoke to Moses and he said, take a tree. Take a tree. You think about it. Here are one million people. That's what theologians work out. They crossed over, over the Red Sea. One million people. And he's got one million people complaining. How many think that's a big problem right there? And here's the other thing. You think about it. They'd gone without water for three days. You know what? The human body can't really go any longer than three days without water. So right now, it's a desperate situation. No water. People complaining. Everybody against him. And he cries out, God, I'm desperate. And you found out often, God will bring you to a point of desperation. Where you get desperate enough to still your heart and say, God, I've tried everything I know and nothing else seems to work. I've tried this, I've tried that, but now you've got my attention. Would you please give me your solution to what I'm facing? And God said, there's the answer. A tree in the bitter waters. How many know what that tree speaks of? Aren't you glad that tree speaks of the cross? The cross. Take a bitter situation and throw a tree in the midst of it. Put the cross in the midst of it. Put that cross there. 
I want you to see the power of the cross. I mean, real, I've, I've been talking a few weeks about the power of resurrection. Talking about forgetting, we can so easily forget what Jesus has done on the cross. We can so easily forget the power of his victory of the cross. His, his victory was total. Whatever you're facing right now, Jesus has already faced it and he's already defeated it. He is totally victorious over every single situation, over every challenge, over every difficulty that we face. The power, the totality of the victory of the cross. And this is what we're going to do at times. When you face heartache, when you go through a betrayal, when someone treats you badly, when you get hurt, disappointed, discouraged, you know what I tell you to do? Come to the cross. And say, Lord Jesus, thank you right now. I bring my hurt. I bring my pain. I bring my betrayal. I bring the wound of that situation. And I bring it to the cross. And I ask you now, Lord, to heal that area and that part of my life. The Holy Spirit takes the work of the cross and applies it into our experience in life. But here's the issue. We've got to bring it to the cross. We've got to bring it right to the cross and believe the power of the cross to heal, to deliver, to set free over what I'm facing right now. Amen. Let me close with one verse. Hebrews 12. We're talking about a bitter experience has hit our lives, has hurt us and caused us pain and, and affected us. Look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause us trouble, and by this, many have become defiled. That's powerful. There are things, there are bitter things that happen in our lives. Things that can hurt us. Things that can disappoint us. Things that have the potential to make us bitter. And here we're told about a, a root of bitterness. A root always produces fruit. So if a root of bitterness really gets a hold of me, it's going to produce certain things. It's going to produce... Anger, depression, resentment can even affect us physically because the root of bitterness has, has got, a, got a hold of us that we didn't bring to the cross, that we didn't release at the cross, that we held on to. That bitter root now has gone down to the depth of our heart. And as it's gone into our heart, it's producing things inside us. We feel angry, we feel mad. We feel depressed. We feel heavy. Because that root of bitterness now is producing things in us that we don't want to be produced in us. And the Bible says, don't let it become a root. Bring it to the cross. Forgive who you need to forgive. Release who you need to release. Bring that bitter root. Bring it to the cross. 
and watch the bitterness of that experience be changed into something awesome and something amazing. Something that's great. Something that's positive. Something that's a blessing in your life. How many people have been defiled, affected, because of what happened to them? Ultimately, it's not what happens to us. It's how we respond to what happens to us. We come to the cross and say, Jesus, that hurt me. That betrayal hurt me. That rejection hurt me. What that person said hurt me. But I refuse to allow it to become a bitter root. And I'm bringing it now to the cross. Deal with it. Heal it. Pull it out of my life. And I tell you this morning, the cross has the power to remove every single root of bitterness. Can you say amen? And cause something sweet and awesome to happen in our lives. We bring that disappointment. We bring that grief. We bring that hurt. We bring it to the cross. And we trust in the finished work of the cross that God can do it time and time again. And you see throughout the Bible, I think of Paul and Silas. They were beaten. They were whipped. They were put in prison. They could have got so bitter about that. So mad about that. So angry about that. What did they do? They began to praise. They began to worship. They offered a, a, a sacrifice of praise. And in the midst of their praise, what was a bitter situation became something sweet and wonderful. The jailer was saved. A miracle of God happened. Amen? I think of Joseph, betrayed by his very brothers, thrown into a pit, left to die. If that wasn't bad enough, he's then betrayed. He's then accused of rape. Put in prison. Left to die in prison. How many would think that's a lot of reasons there to get bitter? But he refused to get bitter in that prison. And God took his prison and took him from his prison and brought him to the throne of Egypt. What was a bitter experience became the most amazing, awesome blessing. Amen? And he was prepared and ready to open up the way for all the rest of the Hebrew children to come back and to be restored and renewed. Isn't it amazing what God can do? I found it time and time again. God can take the most bitter experiences and if we would bring it to him, he can bring something awesome, something beautiful, something amazing from him. I'm I'm glad you serve such a God. We don't have to get bitter and, and... and, and, and complaining and negative like so much of the world has, we can live above it. We can come to a whole new lifestyle by virtue of the power of the cross. Let's just come before him right now. Hallelujah. So maybe just a few moments just come right now as so we're just in the presence of the Lord right now and I don't know what maybe what, what, what situation you're even facing now but all I know that, that God can take a bitter experience and make it amazingly sweet and beautiful and I want you right now to, to bring that bitter experience whatever it is whatever's caused you disappointment caused you pain, 
caused you hurt. Maybe you've never really kind of, ever really brought it to the cross. Never released it. Maybe there's people that you need to forgive. People that you need to release. There's something you say, I refuse to allow that situation to become a root of bitterness inside me. I'm not going to let it defile anything else in my life. Right now I'm bringing it to the cross. And I'm realising and recognising that Jesus defeated what I'm facing right now. And I'm believing through the virtue of the cross he's going to heal me of that wound, of that pain, of that, of that injustice in my life, that disappointment. I'm bringing that bitter situation right now to the cross. And I'm planting that, that cross right now into that, that bitter situation right now. I'm planting it there. I'm releasing who I need to release. I'm forgiving who I need to forgive. Just bring it right now to the Lord. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.